Hey guys, Dave Reisinger here with you again. Thank you so much. This has been awesome connecting with you online and uh, getting the feedback. I know we don't hear from everybody, but um, getting feedback of how this ministry has encouraged you and inspired you and made a difference in your life. And again, we always say, if this message touches you or ministers to you in any way and you feel there's anyone else that needs to hear it, please forward it on your social media. Um, that would be a blessing um, to us as well. We are in Psalm 23, and uh, we're walking through the most popular psalm in the scriptures, one of the most popular scriptures in all of the scripture. And again, when you look at this passage, this poem, it's a song written by David, um, what you're seeing is a beautiful picture of what it looks like to walk with Jesus. And so it's not just something we read quickly, but it's something we can model our lives after. And I do want to challenge you, and I don't know if this is the right way to listen to every message, but this is one thing that I do. I want to challenge you to look for one key, one idea, one spark of inspiration, you know, one nugget, however you want to say it. Um, look for one thing in this message that you've, you, you sense the Lord telling you to meditate on, or to go deeper in, or to practice in your life. I wake up six days a week, and uh, well, I wake up seven days a week, but six out of the seven, uh, I get on my bike in the morning, it's a recumbent bike, and I ride for an hour, and I listen to sermons or leadership teachings um, while I'm riding my bike, or audio books, or I'll listen to the scripture on my app, I'll just play the scriptures. Now, while I'm playing, I'm also playing a game of Madden football on the Xbox, and yes, my game is filthy. You don't want none of this. I'm just like laying that out there for you. But while I'm turning the volume down on Madden, I'm listening for what? One little thing that God is saying. And sometimes what it does, it feels like 55 minutes of digging to get five minutes of gold. And that's why we encourage you to watch this whole thing because God might speak to you, you know, in the beginning, the middle, or the end, and it's just what you needed for this hour in your life. And so I want to dive into this. Um, and first, I do want to pray that God would speak to you in that regard. Lord, we just pray right now. We come before you and we know you're here with us. And we know that, God, the word is living and active. God, it's sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing to the divisions of soul and spirit, joints and marrow. It's a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. And we ask that, God, you would just speak something to each person listening the way you do in Jesus' name, amen. So let's read it. Psalm 23, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He restores my soul. He guides me in the path of righteousness for the sake of his name. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely, goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Again, this is written from a sheep's perspective. David, who was a shepherd, is writing from a sheep's perspective, saying, if a sheep could write, here's how they would write about or talk about the, the care and the love of their shepherd. And I wonder if these 14 words we're going to focus on in verse 2, that's all we're going to cover today. 
I wonder if these 14 words contain the remedy uh, for the rest that you have been desperately looking for. I don't know if you're in that position, but this is a 3,000 year old poem or song from the treasury of David that I truly believe will reveal the remedy and the cure and the healing to the chronic exhaustion and the restlessness from a depleted soul that so many of us are dealing with currently or have dealt with or at one point in the future you will deal with. Because God never intended us to go through the demands of life, and there are some major demands, and get destroyed. He called us to understand what it's like to experience the rest the shepherd provides. And so I believe that this is the key and there are truths here that he wants to reveal to us. But here's the catch. The power is, in, is not in memorizing Psalm 23, okay? The power is not in knowing how to say the verse. The power is in knowing the shepherd in the verse. The same way studying the scriptures without experiencing the scriptures is a great supernatural spiritual tra tra travesty. The same way is that when we can read Psalm 23 and not encounter or experience the shepherd, that too is a tragedy and a travesty. And so as we read this, let's also encounter this because this is what God has for his sheep. So I've been reading uh, or rereading a book uh, by Philip Keller and this is a guy who actually was a shepherd of sheep and became a lay minister. But it's called A Shepherd's Look at Psalm 23. And there's some really, really good stuff in there. Because sometimes we read this passage or any passage in the Bible and, and we see the doctrine, we see the theology, and we understand it through our context. But understand, our context is maybe a little bit different than these ancient people who lived in an agricultural environment and existence and they would know things or make connections to things as readers back then or, or, or people who were living it out more than we would now. And so as we read about shepherding, I, I guarantee 99.99% of us have never shepherded sheep. And so there's some interesting parallels that are made in this passage that have to do with us and Christ. Sheep have a real hard time resting. They're very anxious. I don't know if you're one of those anxious sheep. The Bible calls us sheep more than 200 times, okay? And so, so understand that you and I are sheep. We talked about this last week. But we have a hard time resting just like these animals do. They're very easily disturbed. They're very hard to settle because maybe they instinctually know they don't have any defense mechanisms and, uh, and they wander very easily. So maybe it's just wired in them to constantly be on the lookout um, in case there's a threat that comes. But I love this because the shepherd knowing that sheep will just not settle down and they won't rest unless he provides the environment and he really works the sheep into a place of rest, um, they're going to hurt themselves because restlessness and exhaustion is destructive body, soul, and spirit. And the same way these animals, yeah, they're not wired like us, um, but they have a physical body and that physical body can be prone to a lot of complications if the shepherd doesn't get them to lay down and rest. And some of you know exactly what I'm talking about. Some of you are like, yeah, give me some of that rest. And so it says here in verse two, the first half of it, 
he makes me lie down in green pastures, okay? Now, now here, here's the interesting thing. It doesn't mean that the shepherd puts the sheep in a rear naked choke and body slams them down on the ground, but uh, he does sometimes have to wrestle with the sheep to bring them into submission for their own good. And there are times in our life that God will kind of have a wrestling match with us when we want to head off in another direction and we don't want to settle down and we, we, we have to just keep our wheels spinning and the clock is burning and, and, and our mind is turning. Sometimes God will have to kind of wrestle us through his love and his discipline into a place where he says, no, it's time to settle down and it's time to get rejuvenated and refreshed. You can get to that tomorrow. And if you're like me, I'm always on the go. I'm constantly spinning. It's hard for me to shut my mind down. So this is something that I need to revisit constantly. And so uh, I was thinking about this idea of, you know, him making us lie down in green pastures. And uh, we have three children. They're, you know, older now. But have you ever had to make your kids go to bed or make your kids take a nap? For the child, it, usually, it feels like unusual and, and cruel punishment, right? These kids, it's good for them. You can see it. Their eyes are starting to go crazy. Um, they're acting in a certain way. And it's like, man, they've got to lay down and take a nap. And, uh, but I've watched kids you know, before I, we even had them. And our kids did not want to take a nap. Now, we never let our kids get like super out of control. Uh, you know, they would act up, but we were able to manage to like get them to lay down in their green pastures in their bed. And uh, they felt like they were missing out on everything. Um, but man, I've seen some kids that straight up run away and juke their parents. We've literally sat in the house and it made us question whether we wanted to have kids or not seeing nap time with some of our older friends when we were a younger married couple. It, sometimes it was like I was watching you know, NFL films, the, the Houdini juke moves of Barry Sanders, you know, dipping and slipping on defenders. Um, I've literally watched kids run straight into walls and jump up in the air and throw themselves down on the ground, freaking out because they didn't want to take a nap. But a parent knows that if we don't make them sleep, that there's going to be a whole nother le level of unstable uh, unhappy child, right? It, it's, it's like the sleep deprived sugar addicts when they don't rest, it goes to a whole nother level. And again, I, I could name names, but I'm not going to do it in case uh, some of these parents are watching and some of these kids are a little bit more grown. But I remember being at one house and uh, it almost got to this point. I was like, hey, uh, so-and-so, so we just went down the hall and your son Billy is like crawling on the ceiling speaking Latin backwards and somehow Billy's channeling Metallica music through his body. Like what's going on here, right? And the parents are like, oh, that's fine. He's just going to wear himself out. But I'm telling you in my own life, I've seen the, the effects of exhaustion. And you know what? It's not just about getting sleep. The Lord here is not talking about just getting a nap. He's talking about rest holistically, body, soul, spirit. We need a rest that sleep cannot provide. And this is what the shepherd is calling us to encounter and experience as we follow him. We have a mind, a will, and an emotion in our soul, right? This is what our soul is made up of. 
And we need our mind to rest. We need our emotions to be able to take a breather. We need our decision-making and our choosing, right? This is part of the soul is the ability to choose and make decisions. But we're making so many decisions every day. There's a time that God says as the shepherd, you know what? It's time to stop making decisions, planning and meeting deadlines and, and, and making hard calls and showing up to crises and going out and putting out fires. It's time to rest because if you don't, you're going to wear yourself out. And you know what happens when we don't rest? We find that we start to lack creativity. We start to lack compassion. Uh, we, we find ourselves in a position that um, our attitude gets out of control. We start to act sharp toward the other sheep in the flock, right? And, and without that rest that he provides, that margin where we can be cured from that exhaustion, uh, we tend not to be at our best place. And so I love this because this is an amazing connection when you think of the context of the shepherd and the sheep, there's an amazing connection um, with how the shepherd provides rest, how he makes us lie down, and, and how sheep normally act. And a lot of this, again, I got out of this book by uh, Philip Keller, but it's so true within scripture. It's very backed up. So there's four main hindrances that keep sheep from resting, okay? Now try and tell me this isn't true in your life because I, when I read these things, I can say this is spot on for reasons that I tend not to be able to really get that deep soul rest that the Lord wants for us. Number one is uh, the, the shepherd has to remove the sense of fear. Again, sheep are very fearful animals. Um, they, a rabbit can freak a sheep out. Some rabbit goes, you know, comes out of a hole and goes darting across the pasture and he's just trying to get them settled in and get them to do nap time. And one little thing can freak them out. And all of a sudden they start stirring and they stir other sheep. And then it takes him another hour, two hours to get them to settle down. The presence of fear in our life will keep us from rest. When we are anticipating that this potentially negative news that we're hearing, even though we don't know how negative it is, we can't see the outcome. But when we start to project the worst case scenario in our future and we allow the presence of fear, now there's a good fear and there's an unhealthy fear, but fear that is mixed with terror and anxiety and worry is not the type of fear that will allow and promote the rest that the shepherd has for us. Um, the Bible says that God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. Why does the scripture say so much Fear not. One of the main commands that God gives his people is fear not. And if you look at people in the scripture who've been riddled by fear, just look at the outcome of their life or the mission they were called to um, or the quality of relationship they end up having with God. You see a block and God has to deal with the fear in order for him to bring them into that place of communion with him or victory in the mission that he's called them to. The shepherd has to deal with the fear of the sheep or there is no settling down and there's no rest. I love this passage. Well, Dave, well, how do I, how do I deal with fear? I can't help it. Fear just rises up. I don't ask for it. I don't play a Ouija board and conjure up fear. It just comes. So what's the solution? 1 John 4, 8, 
And, and again, this is the work of the shepherd. It says, there is no fear in love, but perfect love drives out fear. Now look at this. So that means that those who have fear within, there's a force that will drive fear out, fear out of our heart, that fear that keeps you up at night, that fear that causes you to have like many panic attacks, that fear that takes your breath away, right? I've been there, I know this, and, and fear will constantly try and come against us for the rest of our lives. But if I know this, perfect, uh, perfect love casts out all fear because, he, uh, because fear has to do with punishment. The one who fears is not made perfect in love. So the more I focus on loving God and receiving his love, the more I meditate and remind myself of what Jesus Christ has done for me on the cross and what he continues to do for me by giving me the spirit, leading me and guiding me. You know, what you focus on tends to get bigger, right? So when I put my eyes on a giant, that giant gets big. But there can be a giant in my life and if I'll get my eyes on the, the, the size of God's love and the quality of God's love, the giant starts to shrink and that fear of the giant is driven out. So how do we get rid of fear so we can settle and we can truly rest? We've got to make room for the love of God that comes from the most loving shepherd you and I could ever imagine, which is Jesus. Number two, uh, what keeps sheep from settling down and resting is frustration. Now, what it is is actually flies, believe it or not, little flies. Um, they will actually make their home in the nostrils of sheep and lay eggs, kind of disgusting. And we don't want to think about that stuff, but it's, it's not a big giant. It's not a cougar. It's not a bear. It's little frustrations. Uh, the sheep aren't afraid of the flies. They're just frustrated by the flies because they get in the ears and when they're trying to rest, they're constantly waking them up. And, and so what the, what the shepherd will do, you know the scripture, it says he anoints my head with oil. So literally a shepherd will put oil on the head and the face of the sheep and this oil will keep the flies away. And oil in the scripture is a picture of the Holy Spirit, right? So when we allow God to anoint us and touch us with a spiritual mind, right? The helmet of salvation. He anoints my head with saving thoughts. He anoints my head with his perspective. He anoints my eyes and my ears, those things that the frustrations tend to come through, right? He, he anoints my mind with peace and with perspective. And when he does this, I'm able to settle down. There are little things, guys. Think about it. I, I mean, again, I, I'm, I turn molehills into mountains sometimes. But it's the comment somebody made on Facebook or on Instagram. It's, uh, it's the disagreement that you have. It's, it's, not gonna, it's, it's not life or death, but you just can't seem to swat it away. It's one of those things that just comes back and it just buzzes in your face. You're not going to be able to rest until you turn those frustrations over to the Lord himself. And this is where our prayer life really matters. So when I feel these nagging, agitating things, and I feel the flashes of uh, anger or frustration or bitterness, or you know, um, you know, I, I think about a certain situation and it discourages me, 
again, not life or death, I've got to say, Lord Jesus, I come to you and I lay these at the cross. Lord God, you're big enough to wash away all my sins. You're big enough to deal with my enemy, Satan. Then you're big enough to kill these flies that keep coming around my head. And what the Lord will do is when we invite him in, he will anoint our head, our mind, our eyes, our ears, our mouth even, with the oil of his presence, his peace, and his perspective. And at that point, we're able to rest. I know some of you know what I'm talking about, those little frustrations. Another thing, number three, is sheep need food. They need to be well fed. If a sheep is not well fed and there's a nagging ache in, in, a, in a sheep's appetite, um, that sheep will not lay down. It's going to get up and it's going to constantly look for another patch or tuft of grass to eat. And in the same way, when you and I go through life and we are not spiritually fed, we are restless. Hear me because I know this is hitting with somebody. Even as a believer, somebody who's been in ministry for 26 years now, I know the word. I know Jesus. I talk to him constantly. But there are times in my life that I haven't really slowed down to fill myself with his presence and let him satisfy me. You know, scripture says that Jesus, uh, he, he writes in Matthew 4, 4, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but on every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. If I don't look at his word, his presence, the community of faith, the life he's called me to as the thing that will feed me and fill me, if I don't get filled there, the soul wants to eat and the soul will try and find greener pastures. The soul will wander from the field that God has called us to graze on and it will try and find it in money and materialism. It'll try to look to pornography or alcohol. It'll look to go to the advice of friends who may not even lead you in the right direction. It'll waste time with um, hours and hours of, of, of television. Again, I'm not saying that television's bad. I'm just saying that too much of anything is bad. And so the soul cannot rest until it is eaten. But a lot of times we're eating the wrong thing and it leaves us wanting. And so God is saying, I am a shepherd who will feed you well. And if you eat what I provide, even though it might not make sense to your flesh, you're going to be satisfied. And then finally, the, the fourth thing that keeps sheep from resting in the, in the field amongst real shepherds is friction within the flock. Now, this is true. Have you ever heard the saying, uh, yeah, me and, my, me and my wife are butting heads? Or, you know, um, yeah, man, that guy's a hard head. Um, this comes from sheep terminology. So with any animal, there's a hierarchy uh, and there are sheep that will go through and literally start headbutting other sheep. They're bullies. And if the shepherd doesn't deal with the bullies in the flock, the rest of the flock cannot rest, right? Because there's friction within the group. And so the shepherd has to put special attention on the one or the thing that is causing friction. Because I can have nothing to do with it, but the presence of a bully in my life the presence of a bully in the flock who's just pushing people over, isn't concerned about peace, isn't concerned about chemistry, isn't concerned about unity, but is concerned about making its own way. That's why as a pastor, when, when, when I see like hard-headed, head-butt-loving uh, you know, people in the congregation that just want to stir up strife, this is where church discipline matters because we have to shut that down or there'll be no rest within the flock.
And in, and in your and I's, in our lives, if there are uh, frustrations that we have with people, this would fall under the category of division, discord, disunity, um, offenses. If those things exist and they don't get reconciled and they don't get prayed through, it's going to keep us from resting. And the very thing that we want, the very thing that we need will be at arm's length from us. And so what are the areas in your life that you feel frustration or friction with other people exists? This is what maybe God is telling you to address so that you can go deep in the shepherd's rest. And then finally, um, I'll read the second half of this verse and we'll close. He leads me beside quiet waters. You know, there's something about quiet waters. I love this because I, I, I love to hike. I love to fish, um, especially along like rivers where there's no houses, there's no city life. Uh, I love a river more than I love the ocean. Um, but a river is kind of a picture of life. It's kind of a picture of our journey. It's got twists. It's got turns. It's got rapids. Um, sometimes rivers get flooded, right? Um, sometimes rivers are, have just straight, beautiful, uh, you know, uh, spans. Other times, you know, they take sharp turns and run and carve out mountains and they can, you know, be an incredible force. But a river is a source of life. You know, it starts in the mountain where God stores the snow and it all drains and melts into creeks and then they fill rivers. And that river literally becomes a life vein for cities and villages and towns. And then one day it expires out in the ocean and there's a, a, another you know, flow of water right behind it. And, and it's kind of a, an incredible picture of life in that in life we're going to have these twists and these turns. We're going to have uh, times that our life feels overwhelmed and flooded. Uh, there's going to be times there's droughts and we just feel anemic and, and we feel weak and we're just desperate for a, for a refreshing but there are also those times that the shepherd, although he allows those other things, he leads us to those pools. And in every river between the rapids, you're going to find these deep, slow, quiet pools. And this is where the shepherd says, hey, in between your motion and your activity and your demands and these responsibilities, I want you to slow down and I want you to experience the deep rest that I have for you. And so many times we don't stop and, 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 and uh, receive the, the co contemplative, restorative places of deep waters, quiet waters, because the demands and the voice of the rapids, they are uh, causing us not to be able to hear the whisper of the quiet places. And so I don't know where you're at today. Um, I don't know... Uh, where your soul is at, but I promise you this, God has for you more than just sleep. Part of the reason that we don't feel healthy or we always feel like um, we're just a little short of the joy, just a little short of the peace, just a little short of the compassion, it could be a rest problem, not a sleep problem. And so I wanna pray with you right now and I'm gonna ask that God would just cause you uh, to slow it down, to, to pursue Him, to reflect on His heart, and to allow the Lord to guide you into a place that might be uncomfortable, especially if you're somebody who always has to be busy. There's always something to do. And if you don't get it done, 
Uh, it's gonna fall apart. Listen, he's the Savior, he's the Lord, he will provide. And so I wanna pray with you right now. Why don't you just bow your head and close your eyes and we just ask Father right now that God, you would just minister a deep peace, that you would let us know that you're a shepherd who wants to walk with us, wants to guide us. And I ask that the anxious voices, the fearful voices, God would be silenced and that God, you would right now draw us with an internal craving that you would light the flame of desire to be with you and to slow down and just sit at your feet. And we pray that there would genuinely be a healing of exhaustion that takes place in our lives because of it. And for those that don't know you, God, I pray in Jesus' name that Lord, they would right now realize that Jesus, you are the Savior, and that if we call on your name, we will be saved, forgiven, restored, and our home will be in heaven, and we will be brought into the flock that we're reading about here. We thank you for it, in Jesus' name, amen. Hey, thank you for tuning in. Love you guys. If you want any more information about Redeem Church, you can go to redeem.church. Again, share this if you feel it would be a blessing to someone else. God bless. Have a great week.